Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Rhythm Session, brought to you by the Minor Foundry. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are back, talking about Nas's King's Disease 2, Boldy James and the Alchemist link up for Bo Jackson, Skepta drops All In, and Skyfall's Voyoid Tape, Volume 1. We hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. Alright, Kyle. It's been a while. You are now a married man. How does that feel? It feels good. I mean, like, we moved in with each other like six months after we started dating, so it was all over after that. It was good. A small wedding, I, which is really all you can do right now, but, you know... Uh, I'd save your money, kids. Have a fucking small wedding. Have some people together. Have some good food. Have a quick service. Uh, have a party. Uh, don't uh, don't waste all the money. We that's one thing we said right after it. I'm doing good, man. You know, I had a little time off. Got to go to Montreal. Is your, is your Catholic guilt assage yet? Did you did you do confessionals in Montreal? Uh, no. Uh, there was. I was I was thankfully amidst uh, a quiet revolution in uh, Quebec, and uh, there wasn't. Uh, we stayed away from all the basilicas uh, because they were mostly closed. But no, I uh, living in sin. I'm quite good with it. My orthodoxness uh, doesn't necessarily uh, mix well with it either. But you know, whatever. Loves love. Son. Gotta, gotta keep it moving. Gotta keep it moving. Gotta keep it moving. While you were gone, while we were gone, we took a week off. Uh, well, some great did. music has been dropping, and Donda. I hope you've been listening to it donda has not dropped we do not need to talk with donda we jumped the gun and thought it might come out this year but you know maybe next year yeah that's some gun jumping for sure i like i don't know what's going what do you what do you what are your prognosis on it do you think it's coming out like you know is he trying to I, from what i'm hearing he's trying to like one-up drake now he's just in that kind of mood and mindset well drake has one up one upped him already because drake fucking dropped something that was actually released this year uh so that was good but uh you know i'll take the album that sorry i'll take the uh the you know the project that exists every time uh honestly man i'm just i i I don't listen do i want a kanye west album to come out yes do i want it to be good yes do i care to now follow all of this uh um you know tomfoolery no uh there's there's is there's excellent music that is actually coming out and uh listen at the end of the day the, the the fucking music has to be good so you can blow it up and hype it up all you want but if donda isn't good then it isn't good you know what i mean well i think they're playing a game of chicken here i think that's what we're witnessing where they are they are trying to avoid each other's release dates but they both want their projects to come out i think i don't know i don't know how clb is going to sound and drake is definitely a good artist in the fall I just wonder if he's, you know, kind of waiting too long at this point now. Um, the best way to avoid Kanye West's album is to actually drop your album. I think Kanye will will immediately drop after Drake or drop on the same date because I think Kanye is also he's fine with tweaking his album post release as we've seen before. So yeah. I think that's what we're, we're the situation we're looking at where I think Drake is going to put out the completed body of work and not revisit it uh, can he tweak know, it anymore like i feel like he's been fucking in a stadium well tweaking, i saw like... that he flew nav is now there in the building contributing to the album which is when i jumped off of me being excited about listening to this album <laughs> i know we both have listened to the leak i don't know i'm not i don't i'm i'm just gonna you know 
give up at this point. I'm fine with that. Just Drake, release your shit. Like leave yeah. Kanye to his own devices. Just put yeah. It Kanye's like at the top of the stadium, like overlooking the games. Like yeah. I, like who who at Mercedes Benz Dome or whatever it's called is yeah, like he's like the phantom of the MLS. Yeah, like he's <laughs> what is he? What's going on? Like he's like living in this like broom closet and working out and flying in rappers from all over and I I don't know anymore. This is a big thing, and this is really, uh, it comes down to just don't, just don't, the Kardashians are just, you know, he's he's going to be the next Lamar Odom. I hope not. <laughs> Let's talk about music that actually got released. Okay, where, where do you want to start? Should we, let's we have a lot Na- of music let's, to talk let's start with. Let's start with Nas. Okay, let's start with Nas. Let's start okay. with a legend who actually put out an album. That's, that's a good place for me to start. Yeah. So, you know, a year later... Almost a year later, from the last time we were on here talking about Nas, King's Disease, he's coming off a Grammy win, I believe his first Grammy ever, which, you know, is is wrong, and yeah. I shouldn't, shouldn't be saying that. He should not be getting his first Grammy, you know, in 2020 or 2021, however you want to categorize it. But he followed up quickly with King's Disease 2, which I did not expect him to follow up so quickly with. It was announced, I believe, a week before it came out. Yeah. Following up, what do you think of this second project in the the duo's you know catalog right now? Well, I like the first King's Disease. I didn't love it, but it was a solid effort. And I think the biggest thing about it was that Na- uh, you know Nas had kind of found a, a, a talisman, uh, you know, a sonic conduit for his lyrical talent. Because as we said at you know at the time, the biggest thing for Nas albums that have fallen flat was beat selection. Uh, his reputation as a lyricist and a rapper have never really been in doubt since he, you know, broke onto the scene with Illmatic, but hit boy provides a really great sonic canvas. And he's one of the absolute best producers in the game today. And the album takes the first King's disease and runs with it. It's tighter. It's more sonically cohesive. It has memorable features. We look like blockbusters on paper and lived up to the hype. Some of them would be depending on what your uh, definition of living up to the hype is. Um, I've been listening to it nonstop. I think it has some moments there are, you know, moments here and there that are meh, but overall, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to be listening to this for a minute. I was really happy with it overall, and I really fucking like it. I really, really enjoy this album. Yeah, I, I this album, I think, for me, is much tighter than King's Disease 1. I've gone back to it already more than I did that first album. There's... I don't know, it just kind of like elevated everything that was present on the first one. I might need to go back and listen to King's Disease again to see if there's anything that I missed. But this album, for me, really just stepped up the mark. I like the features on here. I think maybe we should just jump into the features since you mentioned it. Uh, What did you think of the feature, you know, on this album? Who, Who stood out to you? You know, what? How did that shape this album more than the first King's Disease? I really enjoyed the features on it. Uh, like, obviously, right, like the track "Nobody" with Lauren Hill is fucking. I really, really enjoyed it. I really loved it. I thought her verse was great. You know, she's talking about people, you know, poking at her about you know being late to shows, but she's like, "I'm trying to like help my people," and she's like, "You know, it's a really." It, she kind of touches on you know what's been going on and like where things are for her but also if you know for society and both her and nas do that i think their um their verses are this very is what this is their first collaboration since uh if i ruled the world yeah that's why i think like it was so hyped it was just fucking and it's really 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 good um i really enjoyed there was some con some people didn't like it the uh epmd2 you know with eminem and but like i i really enjoyed it you know 
What did you think about Hit Boy's verse on Composer? I, I like Hit, Hit Boy's verse on this better than Eminem's verse. To me, my favorite feature on this is YG. I think he completely steals the show. I also really like A Boogie. That song I really liked a lot. That's a really uh, good track, uh, YKTV. It's YKTV really, really is good. great. I like how they dropped those uh, little baby ad libs on 40 side. I thought it was a really nice touch. I like moments like that on, on albums where it's like, hey, we're just going to world build. You know, it's not going to give you a full little baby verse, but you got the little for real, for reals, and it's just layered yeah, and laced. Easter eggs, yeah. It reminded me of like, you know, Can't Tell Me Nothing with Jeezy's ad libs being placed on there. It just really is a cool touch. And I love when artists do little things like that, like these little Easter eggs. Did you like the Eminem verse at all? I hated that Eminem verse. I really didn't want to have to say that on here. I know he has a very rabid fan base. He does. I thought that was, <laughs> it was, you know, I was listening to it and I've listened to it, you know, a number of times because I really like that song on, on the thing, but it's just like, he's going, it's going well, it's going good. And then just gets this weird place where he does this like double time staccato flow. And he's mentioning, you know, Drake's and the 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 Drake's. I was like, man, this is So are like, you good up with it until like the, the until you know, the that meter, part until where the meter they, change, like, yeah. you, like, you don't need to drop the beat out for that part. And we get it. You can rap stupid fast. Like, it's just not really appealing, like, sonically for me to listen to. Like, it's a polarizing and, like, verse. It, like, it's it's polarized. Some people are like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, texting their friends. And yeah, then I was dumb. like, I, I think I'm with you until I'm like, I'm enjoying it. And then, you know, when the time changes on it, you know, when the rhythm changes on it, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It just makes it hard to listen to. Like, it's like, that's not really like the vibe of the song that i got right like yeah I and then just fair. like you're just like you're trying to like steal the the, the scene of, of the show which yeah like i get it but like it's just like you're the last verse on it and like i don't know if you're trying to outdo everybody but like it's not like the epmd has a great verse and then you're just like yeah and the verse and the verse and the verse and the verse and it's like just be like rap normally like it's not that hard you've done it before like i was like my friend was playing, we were playing Infinite the other day, and I was like, man, this is not the same rapper that it used to be. And obviously, it's been like, you know, 20 some odd years since then, but I just really, I'm just really frustrated at him. And I understand that he's very highly rated, and I get it, and I get it, and I get it. It's just like, I don't think he makes good music, and I don't think he knows how to make good music anymore. For me, my favorite Eminem things are usually features. I really kind of enjoy his features, but this one I'm just like back and forth with. It's like it, it's like half of it is awesome, and then it just kind of goes it, when it kind of goes in a different direction. I didn't really appreciate it, but overall, I mean, I thought that the Lauren Hill one was awesome. The track ended up being good, so that was my favorite uh, feature on it. And I thought they were really well. I mean, even the Charlie Wilson one, like it, it, it like yeah. I thought that it was. You know, I thought that was really well put together. I, 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 I think overall they were really well chosen, but it gives Nas enough space to do his thing as well. You yeah, know, overall, man, I really. Well, so what do you think of the other tracks, like outside of the features? What are your favorite songs on here? Well, uh, I did enjoy uh, Moments. Uh, friend of the show, uh, um, Jan Sport J, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, has credit on that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I really loved the opener, The Pressure. Death Row East was really interesting from like a storytelling point of view, where it's talking about how, you know, the beef, the East Coast, West Coast, how they were planning on putting, uh, you know, a Death Row out there. I really enjoyed that. Rare. Okay. So, I mean, we were giving Shady a 
you know, you know, some stick because of him, you know, changing up the rhythm pattern and everything. Uh, but rare, what I really liked is when the beat changes halfway through, I thought it was really cool. I really kind of enjoyed it. It just went in a different direction. Oh, I love beat changes. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm yeah. a soccer for beat changes. I it's love like beat changes, sometimes but... they're just done so well. And other times I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah. the, rare, I think was one of those, uh, occasions where I was like, this is really cool. And I think I'm just like, damn i'm like just like hit boy and i just like shook my fist i'm like you genius yeah. so like there's some really good stuff on this man i really enjoyed uh you know i can't say enough i, I how much i fucking enjoy i'm not saying it's per- like I, it's not perfect but like having nas work at a level like this now is awesome like i, I really get really hyped for that yeah, like, I'm really happy to hear Nas like this. Like, you know, some people had kind of made criticism that he was doing some, like, tech tech raps or dad raps and stuff like that. I didn't really hear it on here. He's he's really, like, in a good place for storytelling. I thought, like, the whole idea and song behind Death Row East would be like, hey, this is, like, you know, we're years removed from this. This was, again, you know, 25, 26 years ago. But I can talk about, you know, what it meant for the city. And, you know, I was directly involved in this east coast west coast thing and i had this public feud with tupac and he dissed me on stage and you have this interlude at the end where you know they they announce his death on on a stage at a nas yeah. show you know he's talking about when death row east kind of you know made its way to queens and stuff like that and i saw someone on twitter had posted some footage you know with people wearing death row east merchandise and stuff like that it was just a really cool way to st- tell that story and to talk about a time in his life that he's far removed from but you know he can look back at it with some perspective and I thought that was amazing. Forty side again, can't say enough about that song. Yeah, I really it's love a great it. Track. I love him kind of looking back at his life at this point. I think it really fits. You know, the vibes is great. Brunch on Sundays is kind of fun. I'm not a huge Blast fan yet, but I get his kind of place in in the in the world and in, in the rap kind of pantheon. But yeah, I thought this album was really good. It, it stuck with me and resonated with me a little bit more than the first album, to be honest. Yeah, it just the whole thing is just more together and uh, you know as i said more cohesive and it's just like a, a fuller listen like you're, there's less track skipping and you can just kind of put it on and it was really good to throw it on and just drive around montreal nodding my head to it so that was really that was really kind of cool so you know i'm if nas is you know doing good i'm cool with that i'm a huge fan and you know i think with him and hit boy they just work so well together and it kind of addresses the the beef I've kind of had with maybe some of the Nas albums that didn't hit the mark. So at this point, do you want to see this become a trilogy? Would you like to see King's Disease 3 from Hit Boy and Nas? I mean, I'm all for it if it's going to be at this quality. Like, each one keeps getting better. I don't like, is, uh, is this the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy? You know what I mean? Like, like that's the question. But I, 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 yes. I mean, at the end of the day, I those two working together is great. So I'm here to listen to it, even if it's a colossal failure. I, I don't think, I don't think, based on the track record we're we're seeing now, it'll be anywhere near a failure. Yeah, I don't think it'll. I don't think so either. But like, I'm here to listen to the the product and what this, happens this and isn't, what the process. This, this yeah. is not going to be the last Skywalker. It's not going to be. You yeah. Know. So I like, but I. Even with them, even if they're not throwing fastballs, you know, I, I'm I'm always I'm always it's always an interesting listen to hear what both of those guys are doing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. 
So, okay, as far as the year stands right now, do you think this album will receive a Grammy nod like King's Disease 1 did? Uh, and if not, what do you think is in competition for this rap Grammy this year? Well, it's hard to say because the Grammys, uh, you know, they're so up their own ass that, like, if I'm looking at it, you know, Tyler, the Creator's album should definitely be nominated. It's probably going to be one of the best albums of the year, to be honest with you. I think it's a really incredible statement i think in terms of rapping pound for pound you know it's his best album and so it, i think that the vince staples album could get love as well like for me the category should probably be tyler the creator king's disease 2 uh vince staples and then like what is kanye and what is drake doing and then a lot of people gave the isaiah rashad album love i know we were a little l less hot on it but i mean it's it, it, that's only because it was in comparison to sun's tirade so like i i think that's what the category probably looks like if i want to see i want to see dave nominated and i know it's left field and i know he's british and i know there there's a different award system over there but i think that album deserves recognition in the rap category not just like an international music award or something like that. I think it's, it, it belongs with those other albums. And I think it's better than a lot of them. Yeah, I think Dave's album, I mean, we both loved it. I think maybe you loved it a little bit more than I did, but still I gave it like, I can't even remember, we gave it like nine. I think that was your first 10. I like, it's just like, is the Grammys going to, you know, are they going to under, like, you know what I mean? Are they going to make that connection? Like, do their brains even register as hip hop? You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. Like that, like that's just what it is. Because I think, from a quality standpoint, that Dave album is going to be one of the best that comes out this year, especially from a you know a, a hip hop context. But you know, again, I'm I'm worried about these other albums that would that should traditionally, in a North American context, be in the Grammys. I don't think they're going to have enough savvy to put Dave on there because him being on there would make complete sense and uh, you know represent how the quality of that album that came out. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I hope that you know it's been submitted and it gets real uh, look and consideration because I think it's a phenomenal album. So to wrap this Nas album up, though, what is your patented minor finery cog rating of this album? I give it an eight point five. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I'll join you right there. I think it's you know it's close to a nine. You know, I might maybe slide the scale up, give it an eight point seven cogs out of ten. I think this is a really good album. Um, I think this is the Nas album I'm going to be taking forward even more so than King's Disease 1. Yeah, it's the same here. I like For me, it's like in his top five. I know some people yeah. are going to be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it's pretty fucking good. I think King's Disease 1, I, like, I really enjoyed, but I think I was kind of of the moment for me. Like, it didn't last too long, but this album, like, I find myself, you know, keep going back to it. Oh, it's a full thing. Um, That's it's like, it's yeah. a full, it's a full thing from beginning to end. Like you can put it on and listen to it and enjoy it under yeah. any circumstance, whether it's you're fucking walking, whether you're in the car, you're at home, even if you just need something in the background, it's, it's great. Yeah. It has a little bit of utility to it. Mm -hmm. Um, let's get into another album that I think is really phenomenal and that I'm going to be playing for a long time. And that is Boldy James and Alchemist, Bo Jackson, which I believe dropped last week. Yep. I thought that album was completely phenomenal. We have Detroit stalwart Boldy James. He's reconnecting with the Alchemist for what I believe is the third project third, that they've yeah. done together. And as a follow up to the price of tea in China, what did you think of this tape? I fucking love it. I mean, I'm a, I enjoy Boldy James and I'm also an alchemist stand. So, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, price of tea in China was really fucking awesome. So this was a really good album, especially if you're into what comes out of Griselda and you're into grimy, gonna stick you up, boom bap, you know, type hip hop. You're gonna be into it. It's quintessential alchemist producing, soul samples, head nodding, bass kick, you know just fucking madness and when i you know when i was cruising reddit about the album there was a significant discussion of alchemist in the goat conversation now i don't think he's there yet i still think that goes to primo but these you know these people were clearly in the know and you know we're we're talking you know presenting their argument accurately not accurately but you know what i mean like they, they they it made sense there was a logic to it they presented the resume i think the fact that these conversations are taking place is a sign that you know look at the work that's being done i think i think boldy james works stylistically with alchemist really well you know there's two people with a vision working together boldy is bringing you the streets doggy dog compromise loyalties to the victory go the spoils type rap you know, he's got that smoky contact, high delivery, and there's just really fucking solid stuff on this. Couple mint tracks, but not a whole lot. Like, everything is pretty awesome. And I definitely recommend you smoke a marijuana cigarette and listen to this, because it's fucking... There's just some moments on it that are so good. Like, the Benny the Butcher uh, feature on it. track? It's yeah, the Earl Sweatshirt. Right. Like, yeah. it was so fucking good. Like, the whole... It's really good. There's really not too many moments i wasn't fucking happy with it and then again this is just you know a feather in griselda's cap as well because did he when did he sign to griselda i believe he signed to griselda in 2020 or 2019 i remember like when it came out because like i've been following boldy james you know more or less since 2013 and their first yeah. collaboration with Alchemist, like he, I remember him on the Cool Kids tape, and I kind of always knew he was around. He's doing like Detroit boom rap rap, but I think that it's interesting because you have like the Bully Jameses and the Rock Marcianos, and you have this kind of collective of people who are doing this style of rapping. And if you're a hip hop head, you're into it and you're following it. But I think before Griselda, there wasn't really a blanket for all of this type of music together. Griselda gives it a home, like they're like yeah. in terms of like from a brand standpoint. Because everything, I think you know, when you have Griselda and you have the powerhouse that they are, you know, the merch is selling. They're like you know at a certain level, and then you can kind of point people who like that music to be like, hey, well, you know, Rock Marciano has been making music like this for a long time. You should go back and listen to this, or you know, whoever else is doing things in this kind of realm. It gives it a, a, a it's like a, a doorway. It's an entry point. And it's, it makes entering, you know, looking back on it a little bit easier than, you know, from the outside because it's like, oh, well, this is Griselda. This is what they sound like. They didn't invent this style, but they're, you know, pioneering doing it. And, you know, they're influencing people like Tyler, the creator, like other people we've talked about on the show before. But they are also, you know, in a realm of music that's been happening and, and you know, going on around them. And they fit within that genre, you know, particularly well. And it's not in vogue. It's it's not like it was. It, it's been in vogue for the last decade. You know what I mean? You've heard like yeah. trap music and trap influence stuff, kind of even like drip into pop music, right? So yeah, it, it it's like they're able to. They it's like they were able to kind of shine it up and be like kind of re contextualize it for sure. And I think that contextualization is important. So I I'm really I really happy that he fits within this you know category and that he can kind of you know join Griselda um in the fashion that he he did because I think it really fits yeah no absolutely agreed so 
you know, we have a lot of heavy hitters on this feature side. Who stood out to you the most? You've mentioned Benny. You mentioned Earl a little bit. What What do you think was, you know, the one for you? I mean, my favorite was the uh, Benny the Butcher feature on it. Like, it's such a fuck. Also, it's like a, like, I'm... If I'm going into a fucking boxing match, you know, Brick Mile to Montana is, like, what I'm having playing. Like, it, it, like, gets you up there. But also, like, Photographic Memories with Earl Sweatshirt is really fucking good as well. You know what I mean? Like, Fake fake Flowers, I like Currency, I fucking love Freddie Gibbs. So, like, it, it's, it, it, it gives you... The people, I mean, the Rock Marciano as well. So you're getting like the Gris, you're getting the Griselda in there, and I just think that some of them just work so well. But I would say probably the Benny the Butcher feature is my favorite. That song has a lot of menace to it, and I just really kind of enjoy it. And by the way, Benny the Butcher just dropped a fucking EP uh, as well. So like you know, it's really kind of it's really good to really good to hear this. But uh, and then honorable mention to Earl Sweatshirt and uh, Rock Marciano on Photographic Memories. Yeah, I thought that track was absolutely phenomenal. Like to be honest, like this kind of blew me away a little bit. Like I've always kind of I feel like with this music, like sometimes I find like there's not like a lot of urgency behind it in terms of not that there's no urgency within the music, but like it's not like something like oh well like. Let me let me keep going back to it. Let me keep going back to it because you kind of know what you're gonna get, and it's gonna be amazing bars, really great production. But they're not like they're very specific songs for specific times and specific moments. And I guess that like I kind of found myself in one, you know, at the getting towards the middle of August. Um, mm-hmm. Summer is kind of winding down. It hasn't been you know super hot lately, so it's been kind of easier to kind of get into this mindset and to just vibe out and listen to this music. But yeah, I thought Brick Mile to Montana was amazing. Rock Marciano and Earl Sweatshirt like make a really good team. Stovewell Cooks, I was really happy to see on here. But I think for me, Flake, Fake Flowers with Currency and Freddie Gibbs to me is my standout on on this project. It's such a good track. Like it's really hard. To, like it's an embarrassment of riches in terms of trying to choose which one is is the best out of all of them it's just very well selected the album's well sequenced it's tasteful it's it's really good yeah and i think that's like you know that's a big thing about it like you know it's it's taste it's it's like everything um and you know this is a rapper bully james i believe is you know 40 years old cousins with chuck english out of the cool kids that's how i kind of got put on to him doesn't rap like them at all but you know these people are very influential and he's coming to you making really good music and partnering with people who are within his scene but also who are doing other things and it just sounds really great and again alchemist behind us on production it's really 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 good i mean alchemist is fucking so good i mean like last year with alfredo like it's ridiculous yeah so like let's get into that though where do we, where does alchemist sit with this you know one producer one rapper projects what are your some of your favorites by him you know, where do you rank him with that? And who's, who's, who's he competing with? Who else is in that, you know, one rapper, one producer conversation. We just did Vince Staples, who had an amazing album, you know, fully produced by Kenny Beats. I know you liked the Denzel Curry project last year a lot as well. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I thought, okay, so I think it's really him and Mad Lib at the top of it. And then you have just underneath Kenny Beats, but I think that's because Kenny Beats, uh, you know, is still, 
he's still kind of writing uh, what he's doing not that these guys aren't and then you have a guy like metro boomin as well who's also really good um obviously not you know s- still move you know still moving in an upwards trajectory but i i definitely think it's alchemist and mad lib at the front like they're so good like pharaoh monk like monk like fucking he's done stuff the royce to five nine he's done some fucking dilated people's fucking uh capota noriega like there's there's so much shit that he's done that's fucking so good i think he did murder music mob deep um i can't oh remember. i really love his his projects with prodigy the prodigy is shit with prodigy is so fucking good it's um so good. return he... of the mac in 2007 is probably one is like that's like prodigy coming off of like a you know 20 plus year run to get to 2007 and he does this album and it's just like so boom bappy and so street reminds me of early early like mob deep and it's just really 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 good yo he's with he's with your boy cormega oh yeah yeah true meaning i think he did i can't remember i'm trying to look on his fucking yeah true meaning uh like my favorite songs ever like think it like just like what like so when people were saying you know when the redditors were talking you know in hip-hop the hip-hop head subreddit by the way if you're a hip-hop fan follow the in, in your own reddit get follow, follow the uh hip-hop head subreddit because there's just it's a really good kind of resource for information i just think that i hope they're paying you to say that no, you know what honestly i'm saying it just because like it kind of keeps me up to date on like what is about to come out so like it's it's just kind of well put together but I can understand why people are, why the GOAT conversations are happening, because just at this point, it's so extensive and so effervescent in terms of like what he's been able to do and like the the beats he makes and the like he's a he's a guy that you can kind of really collaborate with there's there's producers and there's people who are legitimate collaborators and he's the kind of person who it he adds his own thing and there's absolutely an alchemist brand but it's always plugged into the artist he's working with and that's a sign of a great producer so for me i mean the only one who's really running neck and neck with him at this point currently is uh is madlib who is also a fucking is absolutely ridiculous i mean like alchemist and currency's covert coop is from 2011 is probably one of my favorite mixtapes from the the mixtape era like he just like they just work so well together because these things go under the like a lot of these albums that come out are also like people don't realize like they're for hip-hop heads like yeah. they're you know you know what i mean like not everyone is talking about the alchemist and fucking currency collaboration but it's fucking incredible and they should be and it's just one of those things that you know when when you're in the know it makes you you know feel like you're enjoying something almost exclusive but then he has the bigger records as well like alfredo and and that kind of thing i think alfredo is part of why people are talking about it now because that was that got i don't think it got enough love at the year end shit i definitely think it should have won the grammy but you know that was something that was in the in the public eye and yeah like some of these albums are fucking ridiculous i'm just like going through now looking it's stupid so what do you think you know since the first like um, the first EP that they did together, my first chemistry set, you know, what do you think has changed since then? He's obviously linked with Griselda. How do you think like this pair works together? This is, you know, like we talked about with Hit Boy and Nas, like this is a trilogy now. Yeah, I think that they they're sty- like the they stylistically they dovetail really well together. The Alchemist is, you know, 
I don't want to reduce it, but he does that. He does the boom bap style, but like just like his his his, his sample selection and just how he does things and how albums are sequenced and everything are just um, it's just so good. And I think just their styles mesh really well together. And also, as you start working with someone over and over again, like you start to create a narrative, a creative narrative with each other. So you know, you started, you know, you start with. With, oh, sorry, I always forget his chemistry set. Um, yeah. Uh, my first chemistry set. My first chemistry set, that's it. So, like, you start with that, and but then you start expanding on it from there, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, what, what did we do on this last album? Where are we taking it, right? Like, if you look at my first chemistry set and the price of tea in China, like, the growth from there, right, it was a seven-year, you know, a seven-year difference, but just what they were able to do. And you clearly see two artists who are more mature coming back together. And then that's added on top of it. And I, I just think that I want to hear more of this. I want to hear more of what they're doing. So it's a trilogy right now, but like, let's let, let, let let's keep it moving. Let's run, let's keep running it back because I think each one of them gets better. I do like this more than the price of tea in China. The price of tea in China is awesome, but I just think they keep getting better and better. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think, you know, I think I kind of lost the price of tea in China to the pandemic because it came out in February and, you know, it was on my list, but, you know, you stopped doing things, stopped going places and it, it kind of like faded a little bit. I think I'm going to have to go back to it. I went to it a little bit um, after listening to this, but I, I want to give it another run through. Do you think that there's more that this kind of style of rap can achieve you know we're seeing obviously Griselda do very well with this he's obviously a member of that but like is this only for hip-hop heads or you know can this be an entry point to people who don't like rap that's hard to say because you know what I'm trying to think on that it depends what do you, what is the metric for you know doing more in your opinion like by well, what measure okay I think like I'm sure you have friends that don't really listen to rap, like the rap yeah. what we do and stuff like that. Like, do you think that this is something that they could like get into? Or do you think they need something like closer to a genre that they like? Or, you know, is this something that you could be like, Hey, you don't know anything about rap, but you should start with, you know, this, is this, can this be an entry point to bring new people into rap? I think it depends on what their, you know, tastes are. Like if they're into more, you know, um, a rock or indie oriented type of music. I think that, you know, this is, you know, people who are audiophiles, whether maybe it's not in hip hop, but like can, but this is definitely an entry point because I think with hip hop and one reason I love it and especially this type of hip hop is that it has a very organic feel to it. Like it's in, it's still instruments and it's, 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 there's these little Easter eggs of music from, you know, the past and, and, and just like, there's a lot there to kind of digest. And when you start to listen to it, even when I was younger, when I, you know, when I started listening to like Tribe Called Quest and stuff like that, just like figuring out what the samples were, or I remember that, Oh, what is that? And, and just kind of unraveling the kind of, you know, the, the Easter eggs within this type of music. And I, I would think that Mad Lib is another one who has, you know, and Kenny Beats also, who that is very evident in their album. There's a, like, there is a, this whole world of enjoyment ahead. So I think it really depends on what you're into. If you're more into pop, then I think your sensibilities are going to be more like, this is probably not for you, but it, it there's, 
liking it directly, but then there's also like guys like Tyler, the creator, like some people, like, for example, when I started listening to Nirvana, when I was younger, I started listening to, I started listening to like the Pixies and like mid eighties REM and stuff like that. And like my bloody Valentine, because I learned about Nirvana. I was like, these guys are awesome. But how did they? And then you start reading magazines. You start hearing about who influenced them. And then you start working backwards from that. And I think there's a whole generation of Tyler, the creator fans who will discover that, you know, who will discover, you know, artists like West Side Gun because of Tyler, the creator. But in terms of like what it, it really depends on what you're like, some some music makes sense as a lateral move. So if you're more into like noise rock or, you know, alternative rock or, you know, indie, then I think that this is probably going to be your entrance into hip hop. It's not going to be Drake. Not that no, you know, beef against Drake. Obviously I love Drake, but I think that he's going to be your entry into hip hop. If you're into more, something a little bit more pop oriented. If yeah. That makes any, that I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think you kind of need need something that can get you on the trajectory. You're looking for a ladder. You're looking for a lateral move. Is what you're looking yeah. for. You're looking for elements of what you like. In so, like people who like electronic music are probably more likely to listen to things like trap and drill. Yeah, I think. Right. No, They're I think not... that's true. Like I have like a lot of friends who you know come from the EDM world and like that's what they kind of grew up on and they really took to a lot of the trap artists that I would show them, obviously, you know, when the subgenre within EDM of trap came out, there was a lot of, you know, parallels between those genres and it was easy to kind of get in as a bridge there because yeah. the producers would kind of cross over. And then you look at like Kenny Beats who comes from, you know, being a, an EDM producer before he was, you know, being into a hip hop production mm-hmm. and there's, you know, sonic kind of connectivity between the... Yeah, like that's, that's really what, you like that that's what you're looking for. You're looking for like the bits and pieces of what you already like in other genres. Yeah. So do you think this album is going to end up on your, your endless? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. This is like, this is the kind, this kind of hip hop is made for me. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, and like, so it speaks directly to me. So like, for me, I'm going to have a, I'm definitely going to have a little bit more of a, of, of a, a soft spot for it, but it's like, for me, it's objectively amazing. It's, it's, it's Boldy James is fantastic. And Alchemist is literally one of the best producers, uh, working in music. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. And I, I think that like, you know, it, it just, they just fit together. And I feel like Alchemist is just having a lot of fun getting this kind of production out there. Still has that, like, doesn't he have a secret, like Errol sweatshirt album somewhere on YouTube. Was that- uh, yeah. Like the, this, he, the guy makes music because he likes to make music that like, that's, that's what it is. It's not, there's no, this is what we're doing. We're trying to get, you know, we're trying to blow this up on this rollout. It's like, I'm going to work with people I want to work with. And the result should be self-explanatory. Yeah. And so far it is. Agreed. Let's get to cog rating. What do you what do you have this at? I have this as a nine. I fucking love it. Yeah, I think for me this is an eight point eight. It's super up there. It's a great project, and I just really love the lyricism. And this album has no shortage of lyricism and funny things to listen back to, and you no know, really intricate intricate wordplay. It's great. It's a great album. I think I'm gonna get a lot more play of this in the fall as well. Mm-hmm. So. Let's take a quick trip across the pond and talk about Skepta's All In. It's a short EP from the legendary grime artist. What do you think about this album? I feel like it was a little bit of a creative departure for Skepta, especially if you consider 2019's Ignorance is Bliss and the uh, and Insomnia. Um, I forget. Oh, who did he do Insomnia with? What is the... 
Oh, he did it with um, what's his name from D Block Europe and yeah, Chip. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's with Young Ads, Young Ads, Young Ads. Yes, that's it. Okay, so I felt you know it's a little again a little bit of a creative departure from those two albums uh but with that said there's a couple moments on insomnia that kind of hint at some of the moments on this but i think if you know skeptic's influences a background that the sonic twists on here makes sense i like the album i'm probably a bit more attuned to his ignorance uh, ignorance is bliss incarnation it's probably one of my favorite albums of the last few years but what i liked about it is that skepta is comfortable in his own skin with his own abilities and this breeds two mentalities the first is complacency the second is a willingness to take risks this album is in the second category. I didn't like the track with Kid Cudi, but I wasn't like, this is dog shit. I'm just not into Kid Cudi. But I I, I, I enjoyed Which this. Longtime listeners of this podcast will just have to go back to our Kid Cudi episode. And, when we uh, found out that movie, just, yes, we just realized we didn't like Kid Cudi. Yeah. Uh, it's just it was it was it was a it was a moment in real time of uh, self actualization. So I, I liked it, different from probably what I enjoy with I most enjoy about Skepta, but still great and he doesn't really put out bad music yeah i think like for me i get into skepta super early through grime and meridian obviously boy better know world deep all that kind of stuff so my favorite skepta i think is behind him i understand you know his transition into the american pop sensation and i think he's you know makes some fun songs i really liked his collaboration praise the lord with asap um i like his moment on drake's more life um, I'm happy to see him kind of get the shine and the and the money and the kind of everything he deserves. And there's some songs that I like on this album. It wasn't, it's not my favorite Skepta, not my favorite yeah. side of him, but I'm happy to see him, you know, kind of do this. He's like playing around a little bit. He has that reggaeton song on here as well. And like, it's, you know, he's just kind of doing it. He's having some fun. He's doing a lot of other stuff. He's He has the name recognition. I think he's, you know, I probably would put him at, the kind of be all or maybe the most famous like UK rapper in in America kind of I don't know if, is that too much to say is that is that wrong no you, I think I think no I don't think there's anybody who has more name like cachet, recognition yeah, yeah in name. the in the US but I think it's also like a limited cachet yeah it's, it's limited but I mean I think also like but the yeah, artists there kind of respect him like you know he's been yeah. on stage with Kanye you know he's done of, tours and stuff with drake like yeah of like among artists he get yeah. he's got he's, he's got like the, the, he's yeah exactly yeah. he's your favorite rapper's favorite uk artist he is the uk mf doom yeah yeah no well, no I, mf doom's the uk mf doom because oh my god from. i forgot i keep yes he, apparently he, he lives that's true apparently also mf doom never uh got american citizenship so yeah no. mf doom uh so yes you're totally right but like i think that yeah, he's your he's he's your you know favorite rapper's favorite UK rapper. I think yeah. that's more than fair. So he's announced that he's kind of looking to leave music soon. You know, what do you think that would mean? You know, is it too like he's thirty eight years old? You know, we just talked about Boldy James, who's thirty nine years old. He is up there in ages, especially for rap. But I think he's kind of like also like you know kind of just getting his recognition now from the from the western world from the, the uk from the us more so but he's had a 10-year career in the uk he does very well he can do tours he's been everywhere you know he has songs he has the hits in across you know decades you know what do you think his retirement would mean is it like do rappers really retire anymore or is it kind of like a jay-z type thing where i'm going to retire because i'm old but you know i'm not going to retire because i don't need to 
Well, it reeks of Jay-Z type retirement. Imagine if Jay-Z retired like he said he was going to after Black Album. I mean, you'd miss out on a lot of the creative output. I think that it's a selfish fan talk, but I don't necessarily, I don't want him to retire. Like, I do think that maybe his best work is behind him, but I still like, like the work he puts out. He still puts out good music. And look, we're at a time when old heads are putting out sick music right like griselda is more popular now like tell me if i'm wrong it's more popular now than they've ever been yeah no i think you know they're at the height of the popularity i i also just wonder too like the whole idea of retirement like i don't think you need to announce it if you're going to do it like you know kind of just maybe stop making music and maybe i guess fans will get annoying about begging for music but like i think you could just slow down and and not have to you know make a big announcement and, and say that oh i'm i'm officially retiring like just like maybe don't put out as much music anymore or yeah. like you know do features when you want to and you can you know tour if you want to or not tour because you don't need to anymore like i don't think there has to be a big like hoopla about retiring but that also does sell tours if you want to be like hey i'm retiring this is my last tour you know i'm gonna go buy tickets to that yeah i mean uh, definitely the touring part of it is a young person's game like that that i definitely believe even if you have money it's a grind like you're yeah. still going from city to city you're still it's still you know how often are you sleeping and all this kind of stuff so i can get why he'd want to distance himself from that but like just say hey i'm not recording any new music right now like he obviously like there's you know business ventures he probably wants to get into i've heard things about acting and like so like i, I don't know like at some point you need a new challenge i do i kind of understand that but uh, i feel like a musician is a musician Sooner or later, they're going to try to release something again because that's an itch you have to scratch. Yeah. No, I think I agree with that. And I think that, like, you know, if you're not directly creating music, like, you're still going to be involved or you're going to want to, you know, find ways to get that kind of creative output out there so yeah there's other ways to do it right like there's the, there's the business side of it and all this kind of stuff you know mentoring young artists. and I think that that's kind of where like there's a lot of really young good uk artists coming out and it's like you need those people you know i think we're getting into a point because i when we first started this podcast i feel like ageism was very ever present but then as it started happening as we started recording episodes you know again you saw people you know griselda and then you see nods putting out new albums and stuff and you see older people putting out albums that are really fucking good freddie gibbs putting out albums and like it's not i i i think that it, it it's not as ageist as it is before and i i think that there's like look at tyler creator west side gun like west side gun influencing tyler the creator and who's skeptic could be influencing someone else maybe pasalu is like yo this skeptic thing really you know really influenced me or whatever and i think that having those individuals also it's like continuity from where the music used to be it's not so much like a younger animal eats the older animal as it's dying anymore in music yeah. you know what i mean like I, I think when we started this podcast that was very much it and we asked that question out loud and now it's like well i you kind of there is a more respect for your elders and just like an understanding that yo th like these people have st you have uh, things to add to the industry still yeah yeah and i think that like they kind of got to get rid of that mindset that, you know, you have, you've aged out because I think that's how you transition hip hop forward. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, certain scenes need these elder statesmen more than others. And I think the UK definitely needs them. 
but I also think that the UK is a little bit more more appreciative of their elder statesmen, elder statesmen than you know certain other communities. I think so too. Like there is a real like whether like and not just in hip hop, like it's in in rock music and pop music as well. There is like a reverence for the older artists and like what they've done and like in UK you know in uk music like there is holy acts that you can't talk shit about whether you're going from the beatles up until like bands like radiohead now you know you have new guys like pasalu in hip-hop that we've talked about or you know younger guys like aj tracy but then you have like you know fucking guys who are coming out of the grime scene who've been here for a long time you know like it's i think in the u.s that's starting to change now not looking at the new shiny thing anymore but i you know i definitely think that the uk has for the most part always had a reverence of of older musicians whether you know even if you're looking at the rolling stones they're looking at like howlin wolf and shit like that you know what i mean like there's a there is a reverence yeah and i think that that kind of fits in with a cultural perspective and you know not having the kind of american dream mentality with ingrained into society where it's like hey you know we can find time to have reverence for people um you know, there's not a, it's not a youth, it's a youth driven culture, but it's not only youth that get to just dictate the culture. And, you know, youth also doesn't end at, you know, 30 years or, you know, 30 years old or, or 25 years old, you know? Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, what happens when you turn 40, you could live for another 40 fucking 50 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's just like, Oh, that's it. It's like athletes. Well, we're out of the game now. It's like, well, it's not like that cut and dry and you know, the world doesn't work like that necessarily anymore. No. Agreed. Agreed. So, where is your cog rating on this EP? What do you? What do you? Where do you have this at? I have this as a six point five. It's not that it's bad. It's just that you know, it's not my Skepta. Yeah, I think I'd put this at a seven. Like, it's a cool little project to do. I feel like he's kind of testing the waters. I think we're gonna get a robust album from him. You know, before this retirement stage. Um, yeah. I like that he's like dipping his toes in reggaeton. I like that he's you know collaborating with people such as Kid Cudi. Like he's trying new things. He is you know showing how as far his reach goes, how established he is. Um, it's cool. Like it's cool. It's you know a nice little teaser. Um, I'd like to see more of this or you know more of something from Skepta. Agreed. I want a full length. So we're going from the UK. Let's bring it home a little bit or a little close to home or a place that you just recently were. And yeah. let's talk about. Skyfall's Woyoi Tapes, Volume 1. What did you think about this? Well, speaking of, I can't wait for there to be a full length. You know, the only thing that makes me pull my hair out is that this is only, like, three tracks, and I want to hear the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and so on and so forth. Uh, That's not a hit against Skyfall. That's more of a compliment. There's just a level of quality that this music hits, and the only question now is, can it be expanded upon in a full-length effort? My thoughts are absolutely, because, I mean, once the the quality's there, so yeah. like this EP has such a good vibe and it's there's this super chilled out sonic canvas that he weaves in and out of playing with meter and dishing super with his you know super assured delivery and I just really enjoy it it can get you up and move as well and I think like Skyfall is fucking awesome and I I I'm wanting it's like this is what we said about No Tourists as well is that we just can we give me give me 12 tracks let's do it yeah let's do it you're ready for it you're good Trust me. No, I think I'd agree. Like, I think that, you know, he's kind of testing the waters here, seeing, you know, what his influence is. Um, he's obviously, you know, signed. He has 
uh, I believe a management situation or a label situation out of the UK. So this is kind of what you do with the new artist. You you look to break them. He's had some highs already. He's still really really growing. Um, I thought this was you know a good teaser. He's pulled his old music down. This is the new sound going forward. We have this big Caribbean influence. We have some UK influence. We have a little bit of Montreal in there. I thought this project, you know, for three songs, it's really good. I've, you know, I can kind of just put it on repeat and listen to it over and over again. So I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, where he goes next from here. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, and I, I like that. You know, there is a concerted effort to brand and just show that this is the, you know, just with the pulling down of the old music that, like, hey, this is what we're doing moving forward, and you know, this is where we want to go, and and having it as like a statement of intent. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a statement of intent. So where do you think, you know, his place is in the Montreal scene? We see Nate Husser. Uh, we have Keisha Nada, obviously. Uh, his brother, Lou Phelps. Um, there is definitely kind of a scene burgeoning there. Shaylia. We're seeing a lot of great artists kind of come from there and, you know, make moves on to the next you know, where do you think he fits into it? You know, are we going to see a cultural relevance or a cultural renaissance kind of come out of Montreal? Um, they're already doing really well with, you know, music, I think, in, in a lot of different places than uh, than even Toronto is. Yeah, Montreal, I mean, they're, they're good to go. I mean, like, even not in hip-hop with the early 2000s indie boom that really, you know, kind of focused the light on Toronto like Montreal was there every step of the way. I mean, like they birthed a lot of really crazy good bands. I mean, one of them is, I mean, half of Arcade Fire is from Montreal yeah. and they worked out of there and Arcade Fire, you know, in the two thousands was the biggest band in the world, was one of the biggest bands in the world. And at one point the biggest band in the world. And so Montreal is always there and it's a wonderful place. Uh, I'm wondering if Skyfall is bringing together like, do you, how do you feel about a UK style representation of Montreal? Do you think there's many beyond Skyfall? Who I don't, I don't know. Cause I know he has like a little bit of a collective, I think kind of around him and Caribbean obviously, but I, I, yeah. I think that those are the I don't, two. I don't, I think Montreal, like, we also like, you know, at least for me, I'm not very tapped into the French scene. I know there's a lot of amazing French stuff coming out there. I know the rap scene is kind of really burgeoning. Um, obviously I'm a fan of the electronic scene. I'm really a big fan of Lunis. Seen, yeah, you know, a number of times I like that kind of scene in Montreal. This Skyfall is the first person, you know, other than Nate Husser, which who makes you know different music that I've been like, okay, this is an interesting sound coming out of Montreal. I would really, really like to push for a Skyfall and No Tourist collaboration. I think they'd sound really well together. I think they would, you know, kind of fit and kind of help to define there's a new kind of sonic push. Yeah, yeah, they're dovetailing it with their music. I think also with Montreal that a lot of the hip hop or electronic music coming out of it. I mean, Catronaut is very influenced by House, but there's elements of Afrobeat, but there's also elements of Afrobeat in, you know, various Montreal artists. But then also, like, Haitian influence, you know what I mean, as well. Because, like, so it's Caribbean, but it's, like, a different thing. And that would be the big difference, like, from Montreal to Toronto. Like, one one of the bigger differences, whether you're talking about, like, music or even, like, the culinary scene, is that there is a Haitian-Caribbean vibe coming from there, whereas, like, with Toronto, it's more represented, uh, you know, in Jamaica. And there, there's different, you know, sonic ideas involved there. But I, I really think that that sound that no tourist has, you know, that brings, they bring Toronto, I think that Skyfall can really bring 
uh, Montreal. And like, I think that Skyfall's a little further along in terms of having the infrastructure to do that. Like he's like, he's got all of the, the necessary tools, like from, uh, you know, being signed, all this kind of shit. Um, so I, I think that it can definitely represent a new type of sound coming from there. And again, Montreal is just so good from a, listen, whether you're a painter, a rapper, a musician, a fucking cook, Montreal is a good place to be. And it offers, uh, it's like a very yin and yang thing with Toronto, you know, and just in terms of what they have and what we have. And, uh, I think that you, it's, it's, it's a really interesting complementary relationship. And I think that Skyfall can help represent that, um, on the Montreal side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just to link up and building a sonic bridge between the two cities and, you know, Skyfall has this uh, St. Vincent and then Tilly's background. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's some of that representation over here. Um, sorry, St. Vincent and the Grenadies. I know they will kill me if I uh, get that wrong <laughs> on here. But I think that, you know, you look into the UK, looking to Montreal, looking to Toronto, there is so much room to build the sonic connectivity bridges. And, you know, we've seen no tourists on jerome daily already yeah. we've seen skyfall collaborate with nux his now management's out, out of there so there's 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 a room there for it i think we just need to build it up and i think we need coverage of it and i think you know what we're doing right now is coverage of it but i think it just needs to be talked up a little bit more i completely agree so where do you think we'll see skyfall at next year if this is you know the kind of moves he's making this year do you like you know is he is he going to go stratosphere next year or is it going to take some time to kind of build up to i think it'll takes a little bit of time to build. Uh, I hope he's on this podcast talking about his first full length album, but then I also hope that, you know, it blows up because again, the music is good and the infrastructure is there and the, the team is there and he's in a creative city. And it's funny because like you read about stories about like how his mom gave him like an MP3 player with like reggae and stuff on it and like influenced him. And like, so like the, the inspirations there, it's just like a matter of coverage because, and, and, and just getting the attention. Sometimes just the stars have to align, especially, you know, for Canadian musicians in a, you know, in a, in a global or even like for like larger North American context. So like, I'm hoping that it's a critically acclaimed opener that gets some buzz as a result of, features and then you know that hopefully it blows up because the again the music is really good and already from a quality standpoint it's not lacking I, like i i want to hear more agreed agreed well kyle i think it's getting to the point where we're at the end i want to yeah. say thank you for joining me Absolutely. thank you for coming coming back from montreal I, it was hard to i'm banned from all duck products now I can imagine. I don't yeah. think the ducks want to be close to you either way. No, I'm definitely, it's uh, it's a genocidal situation for them. So, uh, listeners, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, review, all that good stuff that you know how to do. Um, thank you again for listening. We will be back with more episodes. We'll be getting back to our producer series. We'll be talking about new music. Maybe one day we'll even talk about Donda. Who knows? None of us. But make sure you're tuned in. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon.